now that everyone else has left to, from talking about the good things about the game, it's just us two to talk about the things that we didn't like about the game. So, let's pull the trigger on the Killer7. Daniel, what are some things you didn't like about Killer7? Well, hi, Adrian. Um, I, yeah, there's a few things I didn't like. Um, I suppose uh, we can start with the puzzles. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so um, in Killer7, there are really two kinds of puzzles, I think. There's the puzzles that require the rings. I think you acquire like six or seven rings in total, like the fire ring, the, the water ring. They, they're usually related to some kind of um, notional concept or, um, or element, so time, water, things like that. Uh, and then you've got the memorization um, challenges. Uh, I would probably say they skew more towards the memorization challenges, but uh, yeah, you know they're quite straightforward. It's um, if you uh, if it's a ring puzzle, then usually it's quite obvious um, you know, within the context that it gives you. So it'll say something like, "There's a candle here. You know, maybe we should light the candle, huh? huh? Mm-hmm. And then you have to use the fire ring. Um, so it's uh, terribly taxing on the brain in that way. Uh, the other type is uh, the memorization and sometimes that'll be like go to the other room, have a look at some kind of stimulus, try to remember the important part, like it could be like a poster of something um, and they'll say how many people were in the poster, what did it say in the poster, was there like a spelling error or something like that. Oh right, the, um, the quiz in the chat cloudman chapter when you're about to confront Olmeda. yeah that's right that was annoying yeah i mean that's a classic example of it uh, i think near the end of the game um there's also the one with the tapes you listen to the tapes you remember or you write down the keywords and then you plug them into the questionnaire at the end yeah there is an interesting puzzle that comes before that yeah i think a lot I mean, even though those two examples are, um, you know, sort of larger memorization puzzles where there's multiple questions, generally um, the smaller memorization puzzles will usually be like, you know, like there's one, uh, I think, in the second chapter where you've got uh, like a, a horse race one and you have to like remember the order of horses. So, you know, usually those smaller ones, you know, you're required to remember you know, three or four pieces of information and then plug it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, you know, I think that they're quite, like, I mean, they're just so boring. Like, it's, it, I mean, it's quite amazing that throughout the whole game, you know, most of the puzzles require you to remember something. It's like, that's so boring. I don't know why. Like, like there's no logic puzzles. There's no spatial-based puzzles. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... You know, and they do that for like 15 hours, which is amazing. Um, you know, so, yeah, there's quite a few puzzles in the game, so it just gets really dull. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that uh, Yun Hyun, the Korean um, ghost character, he will give you clues. Um, even if you just talk to him, he'll often pretty much give it away at the same time, even though it's usually quite obvious. He'll, he'll tell you exactly. And then... If you then you know, shoot his mask, he'll then tell you even more directly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then there's like times where uh, uh, 
how do you say his name? Iwazura, the kind of gimp character in the pink uh, suit. Yeah. Yeah, like Iwazura. Iwazura. Yeah, like, like there's one time uh, in 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 Lion where there's like there's uh, in one of the hotel rooms there's a wardrobe with a crack, like you know, with a big crack on it, and you know, and he tells you. Use Master Smith to break the crack wardrobe or something like that. It's like, well, you know, for the last 15 hours, every time I see a crack in a wall, I use him. So I know this, and now you're telling me directly. It's like, come on, guys. It's, like, quite pathetic. <laughs> yeah. And that's... I mean, if you also ask me, it's the... There's another puzzles, or quotation marks, puzzles, that involves you using the... Uh, y abilities, or is it the X button? Whatever, who cares what button it is. Using the special abilities of the Smith. So Master Smith can lift big stuff out of the way. Uh, Khan goes under narrow spaces. Uh, Coyote can pick locks and jump really high. Kaede is the only one with the most... Kaede has her little blood shower thing, but it's not exactly clear necessarily when you use those. In fact, meant both every other time past the first level, I was just straight up getting lucky. It's like, hmm, I guess I just use Kaida here because I see something that doesn't make any sense, so it must be a magical barrier. Because they always cue you in with that little guitar jingle it plays whenever you reach a dead end. Yeah, that's right. And um, I suppose, uh, you know, those challenges with the unique skills of Killer Seven, they're probably like the third type. So there's like ring puzzles, unique Killer 7 skill puzzles and then memorization puzzles. But yeah, you know, they're kind of the same. It's like, use the blue key on the blue... Use the blue swipe key on the blue door sort of puzzles. Although, some of them, as you say, are quite opaque. Were there any puzzles that you got stuck on throughout the game? So, there was no puzzle that got, I got stuck on. There might have been, I think, one in the second chapter... Or, sorry, it's actually chapter one. Target one that I misread, and it was how you're supposed to open the sliding doors as it correspond to the four uh, Chinese animals. You know, I think it was like north for phoenix, south for black tortoise, east for dragon, west for white tiger, something like that. Uh, and I misread it, and then I had to go back through all of them and then close them in the right way. So there was that. That was tedious. But that's also the kind of thing that So the the keys and locks to me that I don't mind are the kind that are trying to get you to move back and forth through the level just to get you to re-encounter enemies coming at it the hallway from a different angle. Because, I mean, Resident Evil 4 has some stuff like that where it's just like, oh, go down the stairs, pick up the silver sword, go back up the stairs, and then put in the silver sword into the silver thing you saw earlier. And it's like, boy, that's not much of a puzzle at all, but that's not actually what it's trying to do. It's trying to get mm. you to see the area first, then when you come back and go back down when it's more dangerous so that you already... So you know what's what's going to happen on your way back up or stuff like that. It's, um, it's basically... I can't believe I forgot the word. Folded level design, there we go. Mm -hmm. So whenever it's doing something like that, I'm okay with. I don't mind if the puzzle's a little brain dead. But when it's like literally in the same room in which the puzzle is the only thing you interact with, which happens in the second part of Target 2, when you're just going up those buildings 
each floor of that building and getting the magic bullets. Those are the kind where it's just like, mm, mm, it's kind of lame. It's really weak. It's just like, do put the thing in the thing and then it's like, that's it. Or Ooh. hell, even in the first chapter, it was just like, okay, change, change your persona with the one that lets you open the door and then keep going. So yeah, those kinds are lame. But the kind I described earlier, which doesn't actually happen that often in the game, but there are a few instances where it does, those I'm okay with. And the sliding door one is one such example of it, because they're spread spread out all across that giant boardwalk area, which gets you to encounter the um, those smiles that are running around. And, and to answer the question about if I ever got stuck in a puzzle, no, but there was one that I thought was actually kind of interesting and I came close to getting stuck but I got unstuck and it's in the chapter where you're in the school and you know the killers all of Garcia's personas tie in that computer room in the second floor of the elementary school um, that's the one where you see the posters on the outside of the room and then you go inside the computer room, and then you you see the four symbols, and you're supposed to put a number for each symbol. And I remember the clue. Hyun, I, I forgot his name already. The um, Korean dude gives you. Yeah, Yoon Hyun. Yoon Hyun, is that the posters never lie? So when I found out that okay, here are these symbols, and I need to get a number to these symbols, and then I noticed. Um, that those symbols corresponded to the posters outside. So I went back inside and looked at the posters again. So I was like, okay, where can I derive a number? And then I just counted the objects as it corresponded to the theme that the symbols belong to in the poster. So there's one that's like beetles. Another one is Trent giant robots. Another one was more mecha military-ish. And I forget what the fourth one was. But that's how I was able to figure like through intuitive reasoning I was able to figure that one out by just you know going back and forth a few times picking up the only clues that it would give me and that one was actually kind of satisfying no enemies involved in that it didn't involve the full level design that I described earlier but that was one of the few puzzles like oh that was actually something neat hmm. it's interesting what you're saying about the um, how in Resident Evil 4 um, locks and keys, which you perhaps could interpret as being a puzzle, um, sort of, you know, what their function is. So I guess, you know, when we talk about uh, puzzles for Kilo 7, I guess we're talking about those um, discrete individual knowledge um, challenge um, challenges. But there's also, like, in the Resident Evil games, there's another kind of puzzle where you get a new item and you have to figure out um, where you could be able to use that item to unlock another area. Um, and so there's sort of two tiers to that, which is, you know, you have to go back into, uh, into your memory banks and think, okay, well, you know, what are all the potential, uh, where are all the potential areas I could use this new item? And then you have to figure out, okay, well, what's the most efficient path for me to get there? Um, so that I can you know, avoid other most zombies and you know, and I can pass a save point on the way. But you know, there's not enough um, complexity within Killer Seven's uh, levels to really facilitate that kind of um, yeah. you know recall 
to follow that like stringing of locks and keys. There is, I think, in Encounter Two, there is that house where there's, you know, there are a lot of the protector smiles. Um, you know, that's probably the most, um, like, the largest and most complex area in the game. Like, you know, the one with, like with the swimming pool when you have the lights on and so on. But um, you know, there's, oh yeah, you know, that's like, it. Sort of dips into Resident Evil Mansion ish. Um, territory there, but uh, yeah, like the environments are you know, aren't complex enough to be able to uh, facilitate those sorts of challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I always figured that they should have gone for more um, uh, dungeon esque or Resident Evil esque sort of level design to at least make use of those um, you know locks and keys that you'd be picking up and to make some actual you know either spatially oriented puzzles or um, folded level design challenges hmm. I don't think we can say much else really about the puzzles can we <laughs> So, now that we're done beating up on puzzles, what should we beat up on next? Uh, let's go through bosses. Bosses? Okay. Here's what I'm going to say about the bosses. Most of the bosses in this game suck. I don't think they're very good. So, what's the... Okay, the actually, Target 1... Target 1 actually has a... You know, an okay-ish boss. Well, okay-ish. I mean, it's it's first level stuff, so it's nothing spectacular, but it makes enough sense. And I think it's the only time where they actually let you run around in a circle around a target like that. But anyways, it's just you're fighting that angel once you shoot off her wings. You then go back into a regular, one of the regular personas, not Harmon. And then what you're supposed to do is when she fires her attack, you run around her and shoot one of the four weak points on her back. And once you get rid of all of them, then you win. So that one's alright. Mm, yeah, it's, it's kind of easy, but it's, you know, it's, you know, like you have to move and shoot, so, yes. <laughs> yeah. It is easy, and it does get a little bit into that sort of, like, wait for her to do something and then go out and take her out, but, you know, it's it's first boss stuff, so... I usually am more forgiving when it's the first boss in the game. What's surprising is that that scenario never happens with any other boss for the rest of the game. I'm not even joking. Yeah. So what's the second boss? The second boss is that lady in the business suit, which is the most brain-dead dumb thing, which is just shoot her more than she shoots you. It's like a kind of like a button-mashing um mini-game, yep. except you also have to factor in your reload times. Mm -hmm. You've got to choose, you should probably choose Colin because he can shoot more bullets. Um, yeah. And, and you know, some of the characters have that uh, recoil after they shoot, so you have to realign a little bit. But you could say, like, yeah. like if you're being kind, you could say it's, you know, that particular challenge does focus on some of these slight nuances in the shooting like the recoil, the reloading times, and the um, and also the uh, double shot as well. So you could say that, yeah. but then it's like, it's quite crude. Yeah. 
as well. I don't really know how to explain why it's crude, but it just, um, I don't know, I don't know. Like, it just seems so silly just to sh shoot, like stand in front of someone and shoot, and then they're shooting at you at the same time. Like it, surely if someone's taking 37 shots, mm -hmm. they would die. Yeah. Like it kind of defies the, fic uh, breaks the fiction a bit. I think another thing that irritates me about that fight is that in the room prior to getting to it, you have to use mask. And again, I don't know what the boss fight's going to be, so when you know I go into the room, I'm stuck with mask during that boss fight, and then it's like, oh crap! And then of course, and I end up losing because you know I'm stuck with literally the slowest shooting guy on the team. Yeah. So that was annoying. It's almost like they set you up to fail, don't they? <laughs> yep. Which is gets me into the actual target of Target 1, which are the two chairmans? I don't know what they are. Chairmen, CEOs, presidents, who cares? Mm. That one was where I actually was set up. Because I didn't bother uh, waking up Kaide. Because to me, I thought, figured the game wasn't the type of game that's just like, okay, the smiths you have are the smiths you can use to carry out through the entire level. That is not true at all. In fact, that gets me to another thing about level design when it comes to waking up the smiths. But the point is, I went into that fight, I did not have Kaidi. And because they are so far on the other side of that room with that long-ass table, and all you can do is just go left and right across the room, you cannot get closer to them, there was just no way for me to hit them. Yeah, so so I had to, yeah, <laughs> the target was way too small, and that's when the waiver really just feels like a nuisance than a, a thing that adds challenge or stress or whatever. Mm, yeah. So, so that really blows. Wait, but what about the before you go into the bosses? Like they like they sometimes give you hints, don't they? And sometimes those hints tell you exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm still not getting like those generally right. You know, like they'll. I think because the game is so poor at communicating some things, they will just fall back on the NPCs to pretty much directly tell you what to do. And sometimes they yep. do that for the bosses as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, on one hand, it's kind of the puzzles. It's like there's this trick to it, and you meant to figure out what the trick is. But then they kind of tell you what to do anyway, which can give away the trick. Yeah. You know, like the Curtis Blackburn. Oh, hold oh, up. Sorry, just anyway, the, you yeah. yeah, one last thing before I get to Curtis. Because of being in that situation, there was two things that was stupid. One, I couldn't just leave the room, go to the Harmon's room, and chain, and wake her up. They wouldn't let me do that. And two, you could not just push start and go back to the start menu. I had to reset the console just so I could get back to that spot. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, I accidentally skipped over a boss that's in that building, uh, Jean de Paul. What did you make of that fight? But is that really a boss? I thought it was just a cutscene. Oh no! Well, you do you do fight him. You do have to kill him. Oh okay. Sorry, that's my memory then. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so all you do, uh, because you're forced to enter that cutscene as mask, since there's something in the way that you have to blow up, and you're forced to fight him with mask, since the game refuses to let you switch. Well, no, it lets you switch, but that's not what you're supposed to do. The point is, you're supposed to shoot one of the, the blocks above so that it falls on him. 
that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like... Yeah, and so because on the game it had such minimal graphics, it's really easy to tell what you meant to do. Like, I did it in like five seconds. What I thought was weird about that fight, though, was the fact that you couldn't just shoot him. I remember being really confused when I was just shooting everything I had, and he, he doesn't even, like, dodge out of the way. He just literally takes it. Hmm. I think the uh, one of the ghosts um, gives a clue beforehand, and they say, you know, shoot something above him. Yeah. They say, um, use... I think something along the lines of, like, use whatever dirty trick you have, or s something like that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was just another one that was just like a... Uh, to me, I thought it was kind of a dumb fight, where it's like, yeah, you know what to do, but it's just like... Aim up, shoot the thing when he's under it, and you win. Oh, of course, you also can't avoid taking damage in that fight, which... In the duel with that one lady, I thought that made sense. But in this one, it's just like, he's just like interrupting your shots. It's just like, oh, come on, sh just let me hit the thing so I can beat you. I don't know, I, I thought it was really dumb that, you know, he just gets free damage on you in that fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange how they, they break the fiction in some cases and not in others. And then, it, yeah, it's sort of inconsistent, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after the Jean de Paul, and after the Sunset chapter, that's when we get into Curtis. Well, there's actually a good boss before Curtis, and that's uh, his daughter, Ayame Blackburn. Well, I I thought she was okay. What did you think? Um, wait, is this the one inside or outside? Oh yeah, there's two versions. Um, the first one is the one outside, when you're at the theme park. Yeah, um, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I mean, again, it was really focused on a particular type of shooting, which is like, she's moving around the car park really quickly, but you can only see her when she's under the uh, street lights. And mm -hmm. so you pretty much, what I did is I, um, you know, I found a pole, I aimed a little bit to the right of the pole, and then when she'd move, and then when she'd walk into view, I would then, you know, shoot and hopefully hit her. Because you know, they move so, because um, she moves so fast that you can't really um, aim and shoot in the same go. You have to wait for her to walk into your aim, um, uh, into your range. And so, yeah, it was kind of boring um, in that way. And then it got to the point where it's like it got too fast, and so it just sort of prolongs that um, period of her running past, me trying to shoot her, not getting a hit. And so I'd just do that, and then if my health went too low, I'd either heal up or I would uh, change to a smith. And I just, you know, did the war of attrition for a while and um, until I eventually won. <laughs> yeah. What about you? To me, that fight is a simple aiming challenge where aside from the her little gimmick where she's only vulnerable under light it's just setting your aim enough aim up in just the right way so that you can hit her despite her high speed and because you know she moves in a set path she's she's predictable so it's just a matter of lining up and timing your shots the most annoying part is actually that I th she just has way too much health for that 
one trick that she does. So the fight definitely drags on a lot longer than it's supposed to. It's, it should be just like, you know, you hit, you shoot her three times and either she does something else or that's it. But she went on for way longer than three shots. And that's what mm, I thought I was a bit... The, I think the second... Um, I think the second battle is much the same. It goes on way too long. It should be like cut Yes. Um, yeah, and that one... Again, one of the... Well, by Killer Seven standards, one of the better fights because you can do the whole thing without ever getting hit. But it's just a matter of see which door opens, get ready to shoot at her because she has this slight phase where she appears before she actually starts shooting. And then you shoot her before she gets to shooting you. And then once she gets shot, she, you know, goes away and then shoot at the next spot she's going to be. So it's very much a... It's kind of like a whack-a-mole fight. That's what it is. Which hole she... Which... which uh, open light is she going to come from? That one hit her. There you go. And then you do that several, several times uh, before she bites it. Mm, yeah, and um, and that phase. Oh, sorry, um, and that phase that you talk about. As the battle goes on, um, she goes from her um, appearing stance to her attacking stance, and slightly more quickly. So you have to kind of um, be able to predict where she's going to be and aim in time um, more quickly as the battle goes on. So, you know, there's, you know, there's kind of like a cool-ish thing with time going on there um, where you know, the battle kind of... Like, it repeats the same thing over and over, but at least there's that slight variation of getting faster. Mm -hmm. And now we have... Curtis. So, um, yeah, this was an interesting one. Look, I like the idea, you know, like the idea of watching... The pigeon and responding but then everything around that is kind of contrived and there's not clear feedback so you know the idea right is that you mm -hmm. um when the pigeon uh, uh, so it's a one-on-one -on -one gunfight and basically on the camera is positioned so that you see curtis your rivals um sort of shoulder area and there's a pigeon that flies in and you know sits on his shoulder and you know the pigeon will kind of fiddle about you know, on the spot, and when it looks like uh, when it looks like the pigeon is going to then um, fly off, you then have to shoot, and then time will slow down, and you get sort of a, a free shot on Curtis, and it's the first it's the first person to I think seven shots, five shots, um, six shots, maybe. I think it's five. Five. Um, yeah, it's first to five um, shots. I think the problem though is if you if you go to aim before the pigeon is going to jump off, then you then like Curtis will just shoot you straight away before you can even get into that, or almost before you can even get into that um, uh, first person view. And so it's really confusing um, as to what's going on with the timing of it. Curtis, so the pigeon trick. Uh, why that kind of irritated me? is because the trick is there's a fake out and it looks so bad because the pigeon just his animation just like stops and rewinds back into place on his shoulder and it looks so dumb when it happens which was why it was so confusing when it's just like I'm just waiting for the pigeon to fly off his shoulder what's going on here and like the first two times are freebies the pigeon will always fly off and you get your shots on him it's every time after that when you hold the R button to shoot him Curtis just moves lightning fast and hits shoots you and I'm like what the fuck? Mm. 
and it's not clear that you did something wrong or that you aimed too early because you know the game doesn't tell you and it but the point is like the whole thing just looks so goofy and it's just like what's happening here and then when you listen to the or you reread the clue it's pay very close attention to the bird's neck so there is a very specific animation that it goes through before it actually flies off if it does not do that animation which that's why you pay attention to the neck because it peeks its heads up looks around twice and then flies off if it doesn't do that if it takes off, it's a fake out, and that's when you see its goofing looking animation where it goes up in the air and then goes right back down on his shoulder. Which I think is so dumb. Uh, but yeah, that's the trick to the fight. There's a there's a mix up, there's a fake out. And once you do that, the fight is just a total cakewalk. I don't know, it, it just felt like, you know, like the the game tricked me and it didn't feel very rewarding. Once it's like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's trying to do something neat, but it's kind of janky. Yeah, it kind of draws your attention to the jankiness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, actually, I think we might have gone out. Of, no, 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 I'm pretty sure Cloudman. Wait, no, I think we accidentally went out of order. But yeah, okay, Cloudman was another boss. That oh, one yeah, that's right. had potential yeah. to actually do something neat, but it didn't. What did you think? Well, so I don't really know because I. You know, I, I think the second time I was in that battle, I, uh, I turned on the corner, uh, locked on with my aiming, I got my first person up, and I saw like a red tentacle, and I shot it, and it was over. But it was over in about six seconds. Yep, same thing that happened to me. So, the Cloudman fight was a incredibly disappointing fight. Because it is the only fight with a boss where you can actually move around in a complex space like that and, you know, have junctions to go through a sort of maze-like area through all the, the trailers. But it's just like, man, just, just shoot him in the brain. Shoot his brain that's behind his body just once and that's it. And it's just like, wow. And that's how I feel about some of those mini-bosses too. Which I guess I can get to those later. But yeah, damn, that was a disappointing fight. Could have done something there, but it didn't. That almost sums up the combat in the whole game. It's like, you could have done something, but you didn't. So, after the Cloudman fight and Curtis Blackburn, who do we have? The Handsome Man? Oh, right. Yeah, the Handsome Man fight. It's the same as... It's sort of the same as that one lady, where it's just like... You have to shoot them as quick as you can when it says it says go. Um, but to me, and I don't know if you feel the same way, I feel like the entire sequence was scripted. Yeah. Um, well, I after I did it, I, I looked up a uh, fact because I was quite curious, and uh, yeah, it's all predetermined. So it's not even really a boss fight. It's just a pretend to play the game. Um, be confused as hell as to how they shot you before you shot them. Uh, realize when you do it a second time that it's actually totally scripted. They decide when you win and when you lose. And then, of course, the last part where Mask uh, evolves. By the way, that part was confusing and I felt super... I felt like I broke the game when I did that because it didn't make any sense. 
don't know if you encountered the same thing. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Actually, what's um, awkward is not just that they shoot you before you can even like really see them, but also when you're aiming at them and they just don't shoot you at all. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to be like some kind of quick draw competition and they're just like doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the masked, uh, the handsome men fight could have been something cool. Of you know, you have you have to win the best like four out of seven or so, or four out of eight. Uh, but you know that's not what happens. And also the trick to the part when you get to mask when he go when he evolves is you're supposed to do a charge shot. Otherwise, it looks really stupid when you keep shooting the purple handsome men. And it's just like nothing's happening. What's even happening here? It looks like he's I'm I it looks like he's being blown up. I think your shots are colliding. It's really hard to tell. That's the only way I could make sense of what was happening there, where it's like I keep shooting him over and over. And you want to know what else I did? I literally started turning away and just shooting everything else in the environment. And yeah, he will not touch you. That is how dumb Ridiculous. that set piece is. So stupid. So stupid. Yeah. So yeah, the only way to get through that is you have to uh, use a shock shot or whatever charge shot he has in order to beat the purple one, and then you get your little cutscene with Garcian. So yeah, uh, not really much of a boss fight at all. Yep, that's right. And then the next one we have, is it the Black Heaven Smile? Yeah, which was another similarly kind of scripted sequence isn't it where yep. you you only have yeah yeah you only have that one kind of interesting part where you're shooting the president because you know he's hanging uh, on a noose and he's sort of like swinging back and forth and you have to keep shooting at him before you trigger the next event so that's just like oh hey that's something interesting because it's you know based on physics uh, but after that, then, you know, you get into scripted sequence mode. You cannot hurt the Black Death Smiles. They will kill every single one except for Garcian when he gets his golden gun. Mm. And that's it. Oh, wait, there is the last one, which is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Emir. On, I mean, I'm not sure if you call it a boss battle, where at the very end of the game, there's the three-eyed version of Garcian or Emir. Um... And it actually stumped me because I, you know, I got there, uh, showed him in the eyes, nothing happened. Okay, go back downstairs, nothing to do. Go back upstairs, not sure what to do. Consult the fact, have shown him in the eye. I thought I did that. Oh wow! So I went, shot him, and then like it just totally deflated the end of the game for me. <laughs> Yeah, so that's actually another thing that I wanted to talk about the combat, which I was going to get to enemy design, because it really is, you're just supposed to shoot him in the eye, that's not even much of a boss, that's not, I, I didn't even consider that a boss fight at all, Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised because the game is pretty jank with its hitboxes, yep. and yeah, I can, I can see you shooting him in the eye, it not counting, it just playing that deflect sound effect, and then you thinking, oh, well, I guess I can't hurt him. The same thing happened to me with um, one of the smiles in the theme park. You know, the one that runs around a circle with a big heart on his chest? Oh, yep, yep. 
I don't know if you had the same trouble I did, but my god, it took so many times to wait for him to run around that circle for me to shoot him in the heart. I almost thought, like, am I doing something wrong? And then I actually land that one shot, and I'm like, motherfucker, not only was it just one hit, that really was what you were supposed to do, and every, it, it just looks like every single time, like, the game did not, it was just being so anal about the hitbox on his heart, and it's just like, this is so simple and so straightforward, and the, it's like, Damn, it's so bad. Yeah, I, um, with that one, I think it's the ceramic smile. That might be what it's called. Um, I, you know, I kind of had the opposite thing again. <laughs> um, and, well, the first time I went in, I'm like, oh, I need to chase this guy. So I used um, uh, I used Kevin's um, special power, so he'd run fast. And then I accidentally ran into the boss and game over. Um, and then on the second time, you know, I did the trick where you, you know, you kind of wait for him to turn around or I, I can't really remember now. And then I just got a hole in one and I was like, oh, is that it? Wow. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> either you're trying to, either it's like your situation where it's like you don't know what's going on and it, it doesn't seem to be working, it's kind of anal or there's another situation where, oh, it, 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 it worked for me, that was magic. Um, I'm not sure what that was about, but it's over. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and believe it or not, I actually have had issues with the, you know, the backside smiles with the glowing, big, uh, glowing weak point on their back. Yeah, yeah. I actually have on video me shooting that part of the back and it not counting. So, mm. you know, at first, you know, when I was in the first podcast because I hadn't gotten that far in the game you know I was a bit more positive but towards the end I start, just started getting more and more fed up with um, the jankiness of the hitboxes where it's just like come on it's so big and I literally got it on the money how did that not count I don't know if that's ever happened mm. to you yeah I mean that's happened to me and it's also been the case where um, where the opposites happened where I didn't think I hit it, but I actually hit it. I mean, for uh, for the backside smile, I little backside smiles. Um, mm -hmm. For those smiles, and also just throughout the game, there's been a few times where I said, "Oh, like, oh, okay, I guess I hit it." So, um, yeah. Yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah. Where I'm shooting for whatever reason, it really likes coyote. I got that a lot when I'm playing with coyote, where it's just like I'm trying to shoot the arm. I clearly miss, but it just gives it to the critical to me. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, I'll take it. Yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and there's a few enemies that, are, you know, that I don't really like as well. Like, um, like there's the micro smiles, which are like those kind of floating angels where you walk into a room and suddenly it flashes white and you realize, oh, you know, there was that. Heavy oh, smile yeah, that, the micro uh, smiles. Yeah, and you know, if you hit it, you know, then you get like either I think if it's yellow, you get like bonus blood, and if it's white, you get like um, everyone in your team is healed or something like that. But uh, yeah, like mm -hmm. you just you're walking around, often not in. I mean, like you can't walk in first person view, so it's like you get into a room and then suddenly, and then okay, yeah. I missed it. So and they and and they're really really hard to hit. Uh, yeah. I mean, they move fast, they're hard to hit, and they're often unpositioned um, in areas where you mm -hmm. walk into them and you wouldn't be in an aiming state. So, oh, And you often hear their their laugh quite late, if they do laugh at all. Sometimes it feels like yeah. they don't even laugh. 
So. Yeah, my issue with the micro see most there are a couple of times when they actually put him in the fair shot and you do the challenge that they're set up to do is like here's this relatively harmless smile but he's much harder to hit than the average smile. Uh, one example is in the theater because here's what happens. Uh, one, you can actually see him from far away if you decide to hold R and scan ahead of time. So you get rewarded for you know, actually looking ahead of you because heaven smiles are normally invisible. And two, he has to go to the side, down the stairs, into the center hall, and then at you in order to hit you. So he actually has to go a long way in order to, you know, actually get you. So you can hear his laugh long before he actually blows up in your face. And there were so many other times prior to that point where it's just like, you hear the laugh, and by the time I got into aiming, he had already blown up. Mm. And it's just like, yeah. well, that's lame. That's really cheap. Yeah, same here. Yeah, that happened to me a lot. Um, I also, uh, I don't really like the giant smiles. Like, um, me either. They're really hard. They're so the hard to thing. hit. Yeah, like, um, so there's kind of two. Um, there's two variables that make them hard to hit. The first is that you pretty much have to try and hit them with K day, K day. Um, However, you know, at, at that point in the game, um, her waiver isn't so good. Well, yeah, like you don't really get enough blood to improve her waiver that much. So she's, so her shot is wavering. And then when they walk, they're moving on towards you. So you know, their position is displaced. Um, mm -hmm. Like, so their eye is constantly going upwards as they move towards you, you know, because they're coming into view. And then they also kind of like... Um, they bounce with their steps a little bit as well, um, and they walk quite yeah. quickly, considering the other factors that you have to take into consideration. So they're really hard to hit. Like I, I think I hit one or two of them like by luck. Fortunately, they're so easy to avoid. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're easy to avoid, and if you use mask, you can kill them in one hit. Uh, you shoot at their eye, um, or you just shoot at their body. Yeah, you just shoot at their bodies, and then they just light on fire and uh -huh. fall over. Damn, I should have done that. There's, so some of my, so I have, I think like two beefs with them. One is that they're actually surprisingly fast. And the reason that is, is because they walk at the same speed, but because they're bigger, it means their strides are longer. So they're technically, they traverse more distance than the normal sized heaven smile mm -hmm. so to me that was one thing that got me he's like what the hell i barely got any time to shoot at this bastard before he's already trying to belly flop on me but then the other and this is a real killer they close and open their eyes so oh, yeah, sometimes course, you just yeah. get you get unlucky and it's like fuck he closed his eye and i'm like why did they need to add a secondary you know timing aspect to it See, if the first part of what I complained about wasn't true, the blinking eye may not be so bad. Or if that had been a design of a, a normal-sized heaven smile. In fact, I think that is actually one of them. It's the ones with the flower heads. They're, they work exactly like that. You shoot them in certain int intervals because sometimes they're open, sometimes they're closed. But with them, not only do you not actually get that much time, depending on what area you're in, uh, even in the long areas... Because there's multiple of them, there's there's only like one area, like the first time you see one, it was just 
No, even in that one, he's still with other normal-sized smiles, so you never really see them by themselves. It's because it takes so much time to take one down, it's so easy for that other one to get you. So, you know, adding in them blinking and being invulnerable to your shots was just annoying to me. That's why I kept using mask the whole time, because I'm like, okay, I'm tired of this bullshit, because again, they're lethal. They, they will kill almost any smith in just one hit. There's also, um, by the way, that one Hartman room, where there's like three of them, is such bullshit. Oh, yeah. Because they're just, like, right there. And it's like, that's so stupid. Rearrange the enemies or don't put the Harmon's room there. Because that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. You have to pay into um, that room. Um, actually, speaking of Mask, um, I don't think the protector smiles are really that great. In fact, you know, Mask overall is really just used... Um, it isn't very useful... Um, but uh, yeah, like the only unique thing about the protectors uh, about the protector smiles is you have to use mask. So, it, so you know, yeah. you know, what's the form of engagement? Well, you just need to switch to the other character, which you know takes time. You know, where you're not engaging with any gameplay, and then you just shoot, or you charge up a shot and shoot. And I thought that they were you know, a bit excessive. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know, I suppose they needed to use. To incorporate Smith into the shooting somehow, so um, so they yeah. gave him his own enemy. So. Yeah, that was an aspect of enemy design I wanted to cover because I was hoping for the enemy design to ramp up in a certain way, but it did so in one of the least interesting ways possible, which was we make you use this specific character because of their specific gun. Uh, you don't even necessarily need to aim at a weak point like the other smiles because you know he's got a grenade launcher or whatever gun he has and the difference <laughs> so the protector you just shoot him shoot him with mask doesn't matter where just shoot him protector z shoot a single charge shot with mask protector zz shoot a double charge shot with mask and it's like that's it <laughs> So yeah, that that was um a, a lame enemy design, and I think all of them were introduced in the carnival stage. Yeah, well, um, actually, there's another lame enemy. Like, I think overall, like you know, the sort of the main variant of human smiles, you know, they're fine. Like they're okay. Like I like the bomb ones. Um, I like yeah. the ones that hang on the ceiling. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like they're fine, but uh, yeah, yeah, and the ones that we're talking about aren't so good. And probably, you know, on the last one, I don't really like much are uh, the um, what are they called? Uh, the roller smiles. Hmm. <laughs> um, I was thinking of calling them roly polies, but we already use that expression to talk about those uh, enemies in Federation Force. Um, yeah, but Iwarazu, the um, uh, the healthy character, um, you know, his suggestion is, and I've put this in quotes, put its rolling to an end by shooting its weak point, which is great, uh, except for the fact that uh, it curls up into a ball and it rolls towards you really fast and you don't have enough time to really respond. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're way too fast. Yeah. I, I want to see it. It kind of sucks that no one else could join us or just straight up had no interest in talking about their least favorite aspects. 
because I seriously wanted to ask anyone who in the hell actually shot the weak point of one of those things. No, I did it once. I, I got it one time, I think. <laughs> yeah, every single time, because I just, because, you know, the first time I failed, I just didn't even want to bother because, I mean, you just look at it and the way it moves and how fast it moves and you think, and you just see that and go, how in the shit am I supposed to hit that? So I just shoot that at their main body and have them, you know, bleed out. That was my main way of taking out the rollers. Oh, um, yeah, I was going to say, the, uh, there's also the jet pack or the jet, um, I can't remember what they're called now. But yeah, there's those smiles yeah. as well, which... I forgot um, what they're called, I think... Like, you're meant to shoot the cockpit on the jet, which is on their back, but they, again, they're like so overpowered because they move so quickly and so um, erratically that it's hard to yeah. really I thought I thought those were even worse. Yeah, okay, yeah. Those were... Because it's just like, here's this, you know, tiny red weak... Because the reason why the weak points make sense on the other smiles is because, you know, they're slow moving. They walk towards you, so it makes sense for the weak point to be, like, this little circle on their wrist or something. But here, you have... It's just like this little red circle on the cockpit, and they <laughs> they move so freaking fast. And they move left and right, so it's not like you just... So it's like trying to deal with the waiver at the same time while trying to hit that weak point when they're moving left and right so erratically. It's like, yeah, good freaking luck. I, I had to resort to the same strategy of just shoot the main body and hope to God he dies before he reaches me. Mm. Or, or, or even uh, switch the con and just spam bullets and hopefully you hit one. Just cheese it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, were there any... Were there any other enemies that you didn't really like much? Alright, I, I wanted to say something about the, the rollers. Uh, I thought it was strange that the game had two rolling enemies. Because the one that's just a big circle with the face on a green part, that one actually makes sense. But it didn't. it was weird to me that they actually had two versions of the same enemy. I guess it's, the weak point on that one was a bit large, but that one was actually fair. It's like it's large, it rolls slowly, so you can see it and shoot and time for it. The rollers, not so much. Now, as for other enemies that I didn't like, let me think. What about the laser smiles? Oh, yeah. I thought those were cheap, too. Uh, the first time you encounter them in the... What's that gate called? Vinculum gate. Mm. Uh, I thought that was... um. I thought that was really cheap and dumb because by the time I figured out what to do, it was already too late for me and he insta-killed me. Um, because again, there's nowhere to run around. You just have to realize that, oh, he's really far away. I better get out Kaede and shoot him in the face. Whoops, he shot me. Too bad, do it over again. And that's really mm. all that there is to them. It's just like, if you see one, um, just shoot him in the head. Um, them having a laser really doesn't actually add anything other than the fact that they can hit you from really far away. And so you have just a much more strict timing element that isn't related to them closing the gap between them and you so they can blow up in your face. It's them shooting you from a mile away. Yeah, I think that goes to a bigger point about the combat in general. Like, it's... Um, I feel that the... Uh, the combat is generally, like, I feel quite tense 
And I think the reason why it's tense is because there's uh, you don't really have uh, a lot of time, um, you know. So you have to, you know. So there's an enemy that's walking up towards you. So there's that timer that's going off, and so you have to within that time you need to um, like look, like like not aim, but actually like scan over the whole enemy and to find their weak point, and then you need to. Oh, so and with that, there's no feedback as to if you're getting closer or further away from you know where that weak point may be. Um, so you just need to like quickly look, and then yeah, and then you need to actually aim at the specific weak point once you've brought it into view. Um, yeah, and that weak point could be you know moving on the spot. You know, by the time you get to that point, you know the smile's you know pretty close to you. So then you don't have a lot of time to um, respond onto what's going on. And so, you know, I think because the, because the uh, interactions are so, um, um, you know, happen in such a short time that there's not really room within the gameplay, time within the gameplay to, to really uh, do much else. And I think, you know, where the combat works well, perhaps, is where there's the, um, where there's the, what were the smiles called? Um, the giants, like uh, are the giant rolling um, balls with the um, faces, you know, where there's some of those, maybe say two of those, and then there's like a, a regular smile walking up towards you, because then there's kind of like a multiple timer thing going on. Um, yeah, ah, the duplicator. Uh, the oh, yeah. mother smile, I think is what it's called, is another variant of that. Yeah, um, actually, I wasn't thinking of that, but yeah, but, no, but that's a good point. Like, that's the same kind of thing, um, actually. Uh, I was thinking of the, um, what is it called now? Uh, it's the one in, I think, the second level, of oh, the spiral smile, I think it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's the one with, like, the green face. It's like a giant ball that rolls forward, and it makes a kind of, like, wind-up toy noise. Like, you know, that kind of noise. You know, like when there's, say, two of those coming forward, like there's a kind of a timer thing going on, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the, with the um, heaven smiles that drop eggs, you know, they move forward quite slowly. And so you actually have time to um, shift between um, using, the, um, using the eggs to, you know, get some free blood which you can then use to power up your charge shot and then take out those weak points. So you're kind of looking for spaces between the uh, in between the um, spawning of the eggs so that you can then charge up and shoot the weak points. And, you know, and that works because the enemies move slower, the player has more time to deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, uh, generally the variation in the combat throughout the game, especially near, nearer to the end, it shifts more towards reaction, which makes the whole system feel kind of flat because it's 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 testing one skill over and over again, and it's all about reflex and responding, and so much like the puzzles, it kind of gets a bit tired. Yeah. When spread over fifteen hours of gameplay. Another comment on the laser smile is that. So I understand the progression that they're trying to go, but the problem is polish or tuning. 
So, because here's the progression that they're trying to go with the enemies. So you have the regular he Heaven Smiles. They have their weak points. You can still shoot them normally, but uh, the weak points are typically the fastest way to take them out, and the weak points move with their limbs or their face as they're walking. So those, you know, very subtle movements can make all the difference between you killing them in one hit or you blowing off the thing that made it so that you could take them out quickly in the first place. So past that, you then eventually reach these um, poison smiles. And the deal with poison smiles is that you can only really kill them by shooting their weak point. Otherwise, like, yeah, they take damage, but I believe they just come right back. Mm, um, yeah. That's the deal with the poison smiles. There's that, um, in Curtis Blackburn's house, there's that one, like, metal smile that just, you have to shoot the weak point. It's not like the poison smile where you can stun them if you just shoot them. Uh, that one is just a terminator. You gotta shoot the weak point. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna get blown up. Now, with the laser smile, the one key factor that it has, which is what this progression is, that it doesn't, that the others don't, is that it doesn't get closer to you. So, because it doesn't get closer to you, that small weak point stays small because that's the advantage with the other ones is as they get closer it gets easier to mm. hit their weak point of course you're you know it gets risky and you naturally don't want to reach that point so that's you know what they're trying to do but the issue is it's almost like an enemy design that would just make more sense if a it shot a projectile that you could also shoot out of the air like if 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 it just was if it wasn't the fact that it was a laser, it would make sense because there is there's even an enemy later in the game that does that. The what what the hell was it called? A tomahawk smile? Galactic tomahawk smile. Yeah, I wrote the note. Mm, okay. Yeah. Where they shoot projectiles that you can shoot out of the air. Now I have my own beef with that boss, but if the laser smile did that, it would be totally fine. Of course, my one issue with tuning is that. Because of the distance they're usually at, except in that um, one level in the Dominican Republic where they're a little bit closer, they're, they're just usually like around a corner, so it's just like, yo, act fast before that guy shoots a laser at you while there's another heaven smile walking right at you. Mm. They're usually just too small. Yeah, and again, yeah. you're, you, have to, you have to deal with that waiver. So unless you have Kaide out and you see them ahead of time, it's just like, it's generally too difficult to hit them, at least with anyone other than Kaidi. So that's my issue with them. And it's like, if you were to use them as is, they would actually make more sense in a Resident Evil game. Because you have that freedom to move around, dodge the laser, and they would be a high-priority target. Mm. Man, that yeah. sounds so cool. But that's not what yeah. happens. Yeah, I mean, it's like, once you're, once you're in range, then you're, like, you're locked into place, because it has that top-and-stop gameplay, where it's um, you know, it, it takes a bit of time to lower your weapon and to go back into third person. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can't actually navigate like uh, the uh, the enemy encounters are very much like isolated from the third person mode. Um, like you can't like do a thing in Resident Evil Four. Well, like you can't often turn around, back up back around and then you know um, you can't easily create that distance between yourself and the enemy um, and so yeah you know with the lasers it's like it, 
like you can be caught off guard so easily. And to me, the um, that lack of taking advantage of the non-rail shooter part of the game, to me, that's kind of the um, the biggest letdown because they explicitly did that with the first boss in the game. Remember what I said earlier about that one angel boss where you run in a circle around her? It's like, you could have done that with this laser smile. See, another way the laser smile could have worked is if you took advantage of the junction system and had, like, being able to just, like, run to the other side of a room behind cover where you're safe from them in case you thought, oh, no, I'm running out of time before this laser smile shoots me. I better uh, get out of aiming mode and run out of the way. But that doesn't happen. And uh, one of the other reasons why you couldn't, it's hard to get that to happen anyways because you can't see the junctions. Mm. Not until you're already at the junction itself. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. There is actually that one room in the sunset chapter in this sort of like Japanese house with the spiral smiles that you brought up where it actually sort of does that. The junctions are laid out in a sort of square formation and the spiral smiles actually have to like roll, you know, around the um, the, the furniture that's in the way. That's right, so yeah. it's like, whoa, that was actually using that one dimensional movement in a two or three dimensional, two dimensional way to actually do something more interesting with it. Um, and I mean, of course, you could always just stand there and shoot them. They're really easy enemies, but there's just like sparse of that. That's just like, don't, they didn't do anywhere. Hell, even that one boss with the two Japanese chairmen where, you know, it's, it's literally the setup they were supposed to use for the laser smile fight in the vinculum gate where you just hold a, you run to the other side and you're safe from all the projectiles that their brains are shooting at you. That's literally what they were supposed to do, and they didn't do it. So instead, you're mm. just stuck in a room. You can't leave it. And if you don't shoot them in time, that's it. You die. So, yeah, just... Uh. <laughs> yeah, 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 huh. Lost opportunity um, with that laser smile. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's... It's okay as a boss or a sub-boss battle because you go into a room expecting something like that will happen. I think when they're in the school, you know, they, that's when they can you know, catch you off guard more easily as well. Because like, in the, um, in, um, in the boss battle, it's directly in front of you. Like there's a straight corridor, it's right in front of you. You have X, you know, X number of seconds to aim, shoot and kill. But if you're actually moving through a space, um, trying, like, thinking of other things, and then suddenly, like, you've got a handful of seconds to respond to something that's quite far away. You might not even have Amorite Smith, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that the uh, the corridors of the school and the, and the 90 degree angles can, can put you in harm's way before you even realise that there's a, there's a smile sitting at, the under, sitting at the other end of the corridor. That's exactly what it was like with the, um, the, uh, even the very first, uh, smile that you encounter in the vinculum gate, the, the speed smile, which you never see again. Yep. Uh, he was just in a really long hallway where 
you know, you sort of just like hope to God you shoot him in his like rapidly jerking head. But um, yeah, can't really move around in that fight. Just hope hope you shoot him <laughs> before he gets to you. Yeah. Um. So, were there any other uh, things that you wanted to talk about? in terms of things we don't really like about uh, Killer 7. Oh, right. It, it's just more gripes with specific enemies. There's only really two left that I have. The Timer Smile and the Galactic Tomahawk Smile. Oh, see, I, see, I really like the Timer Smile, actually, because, um, well, firstly, that room looks really cool. I love that you know, black and white gradient. But um, I, I actually liked it because... You, you know, like you know, there were a few weak points, and there's a bit of a strategy behind it where you, um, where, and you know, there's a bit of trial and error involved. But so you know, there's say five weak points um, on the timer smile, and you have to shoot them all out. But when you get down to the last weak point, it starts to run towards you. And so what you learn the second time around is that you need to uh, attack. The, you need to shoot the smaller. Um, the smaller weak points, so that when it's running on towards you, you've only got a larger weak point left and it's easier to shoot. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool. I would have liked to have seen more timer smiles, perhaps not with yeah. running, or perhaps with a short, uh, like a slower run. I would have liked to have seen them more in the main game. I think it would have been neat. Mm -hmm. To me, um, yeah, I actually thought that part when it runs straight at you was really frustrating because in that process it's just like you know a sort of blind trial and error i didn't know he was going through that and it really screwed me over because i thought i had plenty of time and then it turns out i didn't it's like whoops i died in one hit so now just do it over again use the knowledge you have this time to actually take him out easy peasy but it does describe a enemy progression that i'm surprised they didn't do more of in the game which was enemies with more than one weak point that is necessary to take out or that you need to take out if you want to get rid of them quickly they only ever have one weak point the timer smile is the only one with more than one and you only see him once in the entire game so i thought that was um unfortunate i actually i agree with you i would have liked to have seen more of those timer smiles or at mm -hmm. least timer smiles that didn't just start charging after you once they felt like they really once you uh, narrowed down their weak points and the other thing about the uh, timer smiles um, is that once you get down to the last shot its behavior changes and so it would have been great to see some smiles that have multiple weak points and when you shoot one of the weak points still maybe slowed. I mean, you know, there's already a bit of this in place, but not with the actual weak points. So, like, you know, some smiles, um, you know, you can shoot off a leg, shoot off an arm, or, you know, shoot it and it will, you know, glitch. So there is, like, some reaction to, you, to your shooting, which is really great. It makes for more um, dynamic shooting. But it'd be great if there were enemies like the timer smiles, multiple weak points, where you would, depending on which weak point you chose to shoot, it would then affect the subsequent movement of the enemy. And so you actually would kind of roll forward and there'd be like sort of uh, you know, branching, sort of branching interactions, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that would have actually supported the sort of like longer playtime in the sense of you know, there'd be more, um, more complexity 
to the time uh, to the time of smarts. You know, that could be drawn out over a period of time as opposed to just repeating the same um, set of enemies. Yeah. Um, and and again, and the timer smile walks reasonably slowly. Slash that corridor is quite long. So again, it kind of goes like it it goes to the point of a bit more time, a bit more space within the combat. You know, they can achieve um, more uh, more interesting uh, interactions. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like they really needed to extend the range of all the characters and not have it so that Kaidi is the only one who can actually deal with most of the enemies in the Vinculum Gate. Yeah, it's quite unbalanced, isn't it? Because <laughs> again, you increase the distance they can traverse before they actually blow up on you. You can increase the variety of ways that they move through the environment uh, and react to you shooting them before they reach you. Mm. What was the other enemy that you wanted to talk about? Uh, that was the Galactic Tomahawk Smile. It's in it's in the chapter. I'm sorry, Target Five. Mm. That's the one where it's just like it's stationary. It's just this one big smile with like four other smiles and in, in its little glob body. And you basically just have to shoot at the main body while its other mouths are shooting missiles at you. To me, so the fight itself is okay, but it. It gets a little out of control with the missiles, I found. Yeah, pretty cluttered. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you shoot missiles, that's cool. Hey, I can shoot the missiles out of the air, that's also cool. Hey, guys, stop shooting so mis many missiles. I It takes me time to shoot these missiles, and you just never stop. I can never shoot the main body if you keep doing this. Oh no, I gotta reload. Oh no, they shot more missiles. It's like, ah. It's like they didn't put a cap on how many missiles could be out at a given time. So there's a point where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to take a hit, and I'm kind of screwed. Yeah, and again, it's, it, it kind of reminded me of the, uh, of the uh, boss battle against, um, it was in Chapter 2, which was against the lady, what was her name, um, against Julia. Are you thinking of a Resident Evil boss or something? No, 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 no. Um, it's similar to the one against uh, Julia where you have to just, like, keep shooting her. So it's, like, in the sense of, like, she's shooting you and there's, all like, you know, there's, like, the sparks and the reaction and the loss of blood. And so, um, you know, and then there's, like, your recoil and it's just, like, there's a lot going on in that sequence as well. It's not as bad as in the, um, as in the tomahawk um, smile, but uh, it's the same kind of thing, like you have to shoot, like you have to constantly shoot, and there's a lot of uh, clutter going on on screen. Yeah, that was the strategy I resorted to. It was um, stop focusing on the missiles, just keep shooting occasionally, maybe deal with them, but otherwise you want to keep shooting that main smile until it dies. Spam, spam, spam away. Now that we've gone over our least favorite parts of Killer Seven, Daniel, any final thoughts? What are your overall feelings on Killer Seven? I don't know it's pretty mixed. Like, 
Um, I think I like the game more. Like, I like the first half of the game more. Not that the first half is better, but I think the longer it goes on, the more you realise, uh, the more jank you see, the more the kind of uh, very simple puzzles and shooting become tiresome. Um, so I kind of feel mixed about Killer7. It's a game I've, I've been a fan of ever since it was announced with the uh, Capcom 5 back in like 2002, I think it was. So I'm glad I finally got to play it. Um, it is a very unique game. I can't believe it, like a game like this actually got made. It's so bizarre and doesn't make a lot of sense with its story. But at the same time, it's like it has a wicked art style, and I think it's a. I think it would have worked better if it were about half the length, hmm. and if they tuned things up a bit. But uh, you know, mixed feelings. I'd, I'd say mixed feelings. What about you? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think we got into the part about how it communicates information to the player, or was that solely about? the puzzles and not really the story yeah look it was kind of look i mean um the game it uh a bit of both i guess so you know on the game i think doesn't communicate things quite well uh, very well in the sense of like very often um the npcs often give you the answers in terms of the um system. um you're, you're, giving you information about the puzzles before you even shoot his mask or the um, before you take on some of the bosses like the NPCs will pretty much tell you exactly what to do because otherwise it's a guessing game I feel like they sort of um, use the NPCs as a way to lessen the um, the opaqueness that was inherent in their design which seems like a bit of a cheap fix to me so yeah, I thought it was a bit dodgy, you know, when before you take on a boss, they actually tell you what you're meant to do. It's like, well, surely if the other areas of the game were more polished, then I would be able to figure it out just by engaging with the boss itself. So that was a bit cheap. Yeah. And that, um, when that one time you told me that they spent most of the money on the gra- like, they, they almost they spent almost all their money on the art and story before they got into gameplay moments like that which you described there it's like that explains that so much because they didn't spend any time on polishing the gameplay they literally did it at the last minute yeah it's, uh, but it, yeah. it's strange that isn't it yeah <laughs> um, it's yeah I, I'd like to places. actually yeah, I know. Um, I'd like to actually look into that a bit more, maybe watch some interviews or something, just to find out more about how they approach Killer7. But uh, it's interesting because I think it was a collaboration with Capcom and some other, well, at least with Capcom and Suda, and there may have been other developers involved externally, but... Um, I think they brought some other people on because the idea is they want to bring, you know, with the Capcom 5, they want to bring some innovation um, back into the industry. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. very interesting there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll uh, look into that. There's a few interviews um, on YouTube I was watching beforehand. Um, and, you, you know, regardless of 
anything else. It it does you know, in interviews I've seen they do talk a lot about how the story was so important for them and a big deal in this game, which I kind of I don't really like the story very much. So um, yeah, yeah. I so. mean, I still personally I don't think the I have my gripes with the story. I still have to look over to see if it's if it's really my fault that I didn't get it or if it was actually the game's fault. I haven't really come to a conclusion on that, but you know, it still doesn't change that. I, in my present state, uh, I really feel like it was the story that sort of let me down. Yeah, well, the idea was, uh, I mean, I was watching an interview with the producer before, um, and you know, he says that he really likes those movies where you watch the movie and at the end you're like, I had no idea what that was, I need to watch it again. And he said that that's how they made Killer7, so I wouldn't feel too bad about not understanding how it all fits together. Okay. I just, I mean, that gets into another conversation, but I'm like, why would you think that's good? Uh, well, I, like, I don't understand how he associated that as a positive thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it certainly gives on the game a unique character, so and in that sense, it was well worth playing. Yeah, so my final words, I feel the same way. I'm glad that I got to play Killer7. It's always nice to you know, play different games, even if they don't, if they're not that great. I feel the same way about No More Heroes, even though I enjoyed that way more when I was a kid, when it was fresh. Um, yeah, Killer7, mixed bag, I would say more, I actually, I might even just say kind of mediocre. <laughs> not drop dead terrible, it's got some good ideas in there, but man, they did not put the attention into that action side that they needed to, and... At first, I was in the first podcast, you can hear me being a bit more positive, but as time went on, it's just like I got just less and less tired of the the jank and the bad design. So now I'm just kind of a, a bit more defeated. So yeah, that's why I also just don't have that much interest in playing Killer 8. Uh, I'm kind of, I got my feel of Killer 7 for now. So, as usual, thank you for joining me. No troubles. Thanks for having me. All music in this podcast was from Killer7. If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com.